Man, wasn't that awesome? Yes. Praise the Lord. And how was how amazing was the choir today? Man, awesome. They were just awesome. Praise the Lord. And uh, uh, I'm excited to be here. And uh, today we are on Detox 5. Hopefully we can uh, conclude next Sunday. Amen. Man, I'm, I, I just, I, I'm excited to, to be teaching on this. And uh, I believe you were blessed too. Hallelujah. Um, we were in Durban last week, uh, my family and I, and we had a, a detox session with the pastors in Durban, and it was just amazing. I think the average age in the building was about 55, amen. <laughs> I was the youngest in the house, well, the second youngest, because my cameraman was younger than me, but we just had an awesome time with the uh, farmers out there in Durban, and it was just excellent. Uh, many miracles. There was a guy who came in with, uh, there was a lady with arthritis. I'd never heard of uh, arthritis before. And she couldn't stretch her hand. We prayed for her and she managed to actually stretch her hand forth. And there was a gentleman who could not walk straight. He had a can with him in the meeting. And we prayed for him. And man, Jesus is awesome. I'm telling you. If you don't believe this stuff, you're missing out. Amen. And it's for all the believers. Did you know that the Bible says believers shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover? So all it takes is for you to ask yourself, am I a believer? Yes, I am. Then go around laying hands on people and they get healed. Because that's what the Bible says. Amen. I said amen. Well, uh, Romans chapter number 12, verse 2. And while we end it, we want to just let you know that we have uh, 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 a couple of our leaders moving into... Brown Fontaine to uh, launch a campus ministry together with uh, 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 a ministry that's going to cater for the students in that part of town, and it's just going to be awesome. So please continue to pray for us and pray for them as they go into that area so that they can be used of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I was sitting with them uh, just two weeks ago and telling them, now that you're going out there and you're going out as leaders, your lifestyle matters. Amen. Amen. I, I was in Durban and we saw a grace church that had a sign that says, come as you are, which is true. I mean, when you come to Jesus, you should come as you are, but don't stay the way you came. Amen. Amen. Let the word of God wash you. Let the word of God transform you so that you can become a better person. Say amen to that. Amen. So I told them, I said, man, when you go out there, just make sure you live right. Especially when you're a leader. When you become a leader, you become accountable. There is something expected of you in terms of your lifestyle. Amen. <laughs> and I told the married ones that you go out there, you go with your wife, and make sure you hold the hands all the time. Because I don't want—I mean, I don't want—I don't want drama. You know, I've, I've been in ministry for a long time, and there hasn't been any drama. I'm not going to start having drama because, you know, I'm just saying. Amen. <laughs> Romans chapter number twelve, verse two. If you ever say I have it, Romans chapter number twelve. Verse 2. We're still detoxing. The Bible says, and uh, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Amen. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove that which is the good, come on, perfect, come on, and acceptable will of God. Amen. So here it is. The will of God is always perfect, good, and acceptable. That means God is not the one that sends sickness to your children. Amen. That's not the will of God. Hallelujah. 
said, hallelujah. So we've been talking about this and we defined what transformation is in the past five weeks. And we gave you the four principles to living a transformed life. And we said, number one, you must study the word. Tell your neighbor, study. And we said, number two, you must meditate in the word of God. Tell them to meditate. And that's what we were talking about last week. And this week, we're going to be talking about the third principle, which is you must focus on the Word of God. Someone shout focus. Focus. Focus on the Word. Amen? You must focus on the Word. And the fourth principle is you must act on the Word of God. Amen? So today we're focusing on the Word of God. If you're taking down notes, I'd like you to write this down. Your life is going to follow... Your focus. Your life will follow the direction of your focus. If you look at circumstances, your life will follow that direction. If you zero in on the word of God, your life will go in that direction. The algorithm for success according to King Solomon in his wise days, because we know that the dude fell off of grace and he backslid and he married a thousand women. Amen. And then he wrote the book of Songs of Solomon when he was in that state. And Ecclesiastes. Amen. So some of the things you will read in those two books, you have to discern what you're reading. Amen. So the, the dude in his wise days said in Proverbs 23 verse 7, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And we say your life, the dominant uh, characteristics of your life are the sum total of your dominant thoughts. Your life will go in the direction of your dominant thoughts. What you think on the most is what will happen. So if you think on sickness the most, that's what will happen. Amen? Whatever you think on the most begins to take effect in your life. Say amen to that. Go with me now to Numbers chapter number 13. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter number 13. That's where we left off. Amen. Numbers chapter number 13. God is not intimidated by numbers. Amen. He wrote a whole book called Numbers. That means go out and evangelize so we can get some numbers. Amen. I said, Amen. Amen. It's too quiet in this Catholic church. Way too quiet. Numbers chapter number 13, verse 32. Before we read, I just want to give you a brief preview. God had promised the children of Israel a land that is said would flow with what? With milk and honey. And then God told them, I've already given to you this land. Alright? And as they got to the land, as they got to Jericho, one of the cities that they were to take over, Moses decided to send 12 spies. Out of the 12 tribes of Judah. So Moses literally took 12 of the best men that he had as leaders at the time. And those are the ones that he sent representing each tribe. And he sent the 12 into the land to spy the land to see that this land, does it really flow with milk and honey? Amen? Amen. And the Bible said when they came back, Moses gathered around the two million plus people and said, listen guys, the spies that we had sent into the land are back and they are going to give you a report. 
So they asked all of the 12 spies to put together a report and all of them did uh, what they could and this is the PowerPoint presentation from the uh, 10 spies. Watch what they say in verse 32. And they brought in what? An evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eats up its inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. This can't be true just from reading. Listen, you don't have to be spiritual to know that these dudes are exaggerating. There is no country where everyone is a six-pack. <laughs> it's impossible. I know some of you have watched uh, 300 men. What is it called? And everyone in that army is a six-pack man. That's a misnomer. That's not true, right, Amen. So these Jews were exaggerating. Not everybody can have a great stature. So you don't need to be spiritual to know that they're playing. Amen? And watch what they say. And then we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And here's my favorite part. We were in whose sight? I didn't hear that. In whose sight? Notice they're saying we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. In other words, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. What do you see yourself as today? See, because what you see yourself as today is an effect on what's about to happen in Scripture. What, what happens? We saw ourselves, we were in our own eyes as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. People treat you the way you see yourself. If you see yourself as a grasshopper, if you see yourself as someone that's not worthy, if you see yourself as unqualified, maybe that could be the reason why everybody around you treats you that way. But when you start treating yourself according to the estimation of God's word, that I'm above only and never beneath, that I'm a new creation because I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and all the things have passed away and behold, everything has become new. When you start seeing yourself that way, baby, heaven is coming your way. We saw ourselves as grasshoppers and so were we in their sight. How you see yourself is a net effect on how people are going to treat you and see you. Tell my child, I'm not a grasshopper. I'm not a grasshopper. Never been one. And never will be one. I am a child of God. Created unto good works. I'm above only and never beneath. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I have been given the power to change people's lives. I have the power on the inside of me. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I am a new man. Above only and never beneath. No weapon formed against me. Me. Tell your neighbor me. See, because sometimes when we read it, man, we think no weapon formed against the chosen apostle such and such. No, 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 no. No weapon formed against me. Amen. 
If you got saved yesterday, you can still quote that scripture. No weapon formed against me. Why? Because God is not a respecter of persons. The Bible says in Romans 2.11, God does not show favoritism. He respects his principle. He respects faith. And if you were born again yesterday, you can stand tall and say, No weapon formed against me shall And it is by God's grace. It is not according to what you have done. It is according to what Jesus Christ has done. You can come out of sin and still shout the same with no condemnation. Why? Because it's not about you. It's about Jesus. Now, that's not a pass for sin. That's an understanding of grace. And the grace of God is both. The, the, the antidote for sin and the fuel for you to live a holy life. We know that. But when you make a mistake, don't stay in condemnation. Stand tall and start quoting the scriptures that God has given for you. Amen. Say amen to that. Amen. Verse 30. Watch what Caleb and, and Joshua say. Make down two verses. Joshua and Caleb steal the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once. And possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. While somebody else is thinking I'm a grasshopper, somebody else is thinking in line with God's estimation about them. No, I'm well able. You might choose to want to be grasshoppers, it's okay, but I'm not going to be a grasshopper. I'm well able to possess the land. Let us go up at once and take it. In another place in scripture, Joshua and Moses and Caleb said, These giants are like bread for our food. Just like David said when he was looking at Goliath, what did he say? Say, this thing is way too big for me to miss. Mm. <laughs> Amen. Well, the people are thinking, oh, he's too big. Oh, that's better. He's too big. I can't miss him. Uh, Amen. And that's how you and I should think as children of God. Amen. Say amen to that. They say we are well able to possess it. They focused and zeroed their thoughts in on God's word. Focus on God's word. Tell your neighbor that. Focus on God's word. Focus on God's word. Romans chapter number four. Hallelujah. Ooh, this is good. Man, I'm enjoying my own preaching already. Romans chapter number four, uh, verse 17 to 21 speaks of Abraham. Romans chapter number four, verse 17. Watch what it says. I'm going to read from 17 to 21. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him who believed, even God who quickened the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. This is God's characteristics. He speaks things that are not as though they are and they become. And we learned last week that God has deposited the same functionality in you and I to speak into things that are not as though they are, and they become. Say amen to that. Verse 18. Who against hope, speaking of Abraham, believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, what made him not weak in faith? He tells you, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Abraham did not reject the facts. The facts were there. His wife had not had a dead womb. She was past menopause. She had never carried, conceived before. He knew all of that. He knew 
knew that he had never had a child. He knew that he was a hundred years old. And Sarah was probably 90 or 75, between 75 and 90. He knew that they were old and stricken. But the Bible says he just didn't consider it. I'm not saying deny the facts. Accept the facts, but don't consider them. Don't focus on the facts. There is a greater reality that can change the facts. And it is the reality of God's word. The facts were, they were past menopause, a hundred, they had never had children. They were not going to be able to have children. But the truth is, God had said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And the truth has more power to change the facts. Facts are temporary. Truth is eternal. This is why we do not focus. We do not look at the things that we see with these physical eyes. Why, Pastor D? Because the things that we see with these physical eyes is temporary. We look at the things that are eternal, that are unseen. Why? Because the things that are unseen are eternal. And eternal things give birth to temporary things. And when you focus on the eternal, when you focus on God's word, which, by the way, never changed. You can change your facts. Amen. I'm not saying deny the facts. I'm just saying check the truth and change the facts. Come on now. The truth is, he has met all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The fact might be your bank account might look a little different, but that's just a fact. Don't focus on the fact. Focus on the truth. That's right. The fact might be you have pain in your body, but that's not the truth. That's just a fact. The truth is, by his stripes, you were, past tense, healed, wounded for your transgression, bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. That's the truth. And truth never changes. God's word is the truth. Forever settled in heaven. Settled. God's word is forever, forever settled in heaven. It is settled. It is done. This is why you don't have a seventh edition, revision of the word of God. All you have is a translation of the same thing because the the truth is eternal. Say amen to that. Watch what happens. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded. Do you see what happens when you focus on God's promises? You become fully persuaded. Fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. This is the challenge that we have in the church. This is, this is the greatest challenge that we have in the church. Church folk are not fully persuaded that what God says he can do. They can mentally ascend, they can throw in an amen here and there, but they don't give and put their life behind the word of God. Hallelujah. What did Jesus say in uh, Matthew chapter number 18 verse 3? He says, unless you change and become like a little children or like a little child, alright, he says you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, parents, what is the number one characteristic that a child has for their parents? In one word. That's it. Trust. Trust. And that's all God is looking for.
looking for in his children. God wants you to trust him. When God says be anxious for nothing, just trust him and say, oh, I'm not going to be anxious. Amen. No, if I don't become anxious, you see, Pastor T, nobody is healthy. You know, that's what the doctor said. He said, you know, at a certain level, no, not according to God's word. He says, be anxious. Don't worry about anything. In fact, Jesus went on to say, who among you has added something to his life by worrying, by being anxious? Amen. Trust the Lord. Tell your neighbor that. Trust in him. Put your trust in him. Come on, say it like you're in church. Put your trust in God. Proverbs chapter number 4, verse 20. Proverbs chapter number 4, verse 20. Someone shout, I will trust God with all of my life. I will trust God with everything. If God says go, I will go. If God says jump, I'll ask how high. That's what we were told. When we went into high school, they told us, man, when the head boy, the prefect comes to you and says jump, you don't ask why. See, because we were we had graduated from primary school and that day, you couldn't ask us to jump, so we went in there and they asked us to jump and you said, why? Why are you asking? They said, oh boy, you're breaking the number one rule. When a senior asks you to jump, you don't ask why. You say, how huh? Why? Because you're getting ready to jump. Amen? <laughs> what does the Bible say? Trust in the Lord with how much? All of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. That's what we've been trying to do all of these years. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Man, I could preach on that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto who? Let's do it the King James way. Lean not unto who? Thine own understanding. Amen? Amen. This is an illustration that we usually do when we are in Bible school at this church. You want to come up, Henry? I want to I wanna just do, you can stand here, I want to just do what the Bible commanded me not to do. The Bible said I should not lean on who? Thine own understanding. Come on, teach with me. I should lean on, not lean on who? Thine own understanding. So we're going to change his name from Henry to who? To thine own understanding. So what's his new name? Thine own understanding. And I'm going to lean on who? Thine own understanding. And I want you to make an assessment of how that looks. Alright? You still going to the gym? <laughs> make sure you don't drop me, okay? Put your hands up. Amen? Okay? I'm leaning on who? Now you tell me, how do I look? Leaning on thine own understanding. I look ridiculous. I look uncomfortable. I look unbalanced. How else do I look? I look skewed. I look like I'm not going to last. No, I'm, I'm going to last. And that's what we say to our own understanding, right? Thine own understanding is telling you you look like we're not going to last. And you're telling your own understanding we are actually going to last. Do I look scared? 
that's the reason why you look ridiculous. You guess. Maybe that's the reason why you look, what else did you say? Skewed. Maybe that's the reason why you look uncomfortable. Maybe that's the reason why you look scared. Maybe that's why, that's the reason why you look like you're in fear. Why? Because you're leaning on something that God has not given for you to lean on. God just told you not to lean on this dude. Called thine own understanding. But to trust in him with all of God. And as you do that, acknowledge him in all of your ways. And what is he going to do? He will direct your path. Amen. Matthew chapter number 7. I have to jump a lot of scriptures. Matthew chapter number 7 from verse 24. Thank you Jesus. Don't lean on your own understanding. Shout, I will, I will. lean on God. In all my ways. In everything that I do. I will lean on God. Ladies, when you get married, don't try to be clever about it. Just submit. That's called leaning on God's understanding. Because He knows it works. Oh, well, Pastor T, you don't understand. I went to school. I also have a degree. I'm making more than he's making. No. Submit. God knows what he's talking about. Amen? Lean on his understanding. Not your own understanding. When someone wrongs you, forgive them. God knows what he's talking about. Well, you don't understand what they did to me. Well, God knows what he's talking about. Is it possible that God might have more wisdom than us? So if he says forgive, 70 times 7 in a day for one transgression, that means just forgive. Make it a lifestyle. See, not forgiving, someone put it this way. They said not forgiving is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. Living in strife. What does the Bible say? Where there is strife, there is confusion and every evil work. Someone shout, I release you. Push the person in front of you and say, I release you, man. I release you. Hallelujah. Just release people. Amen. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine, or the word of God, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a what? I didn't hear that. Come on, church. This is a young church. Preach with me. A what? Now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I don't want you to answer it. In fact, I want you to tell your neighbor, but whisper, because I know you're wrong. <laughs> tell them what you think the rock is talking about is. Just tell them. <laughs> okay, let me tell you. The rock is talking about doesn't need to be discerned, because it tells you what the rock is. Amen? Keep reading. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, because it was founded upon the rock. What is the rock? It is hearing God's word and doing it. That's the rock. Okay? If you don't find your word or your, your life on the rock, you are a man who hears and not do. Your life is not founded upon the rock. And he said it. He said, everyone that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man. Someone shout, I'm not a foolish man. Which builds his house upon the sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. Great was the fall of it. Let me show you there are two constants here. The first one is the word. 
Both people received the word. Can you see that? Both of them received the word. And the second constant is that the storm is going to happen to everybody. I don't care who you are, you might be the most beautifulest woman in the earth right now, you're still going to face some challenges. That's just how it is. Notice Jesus didn't say, if the storms come. He says, when the storms come. So the storms is coming. Amen? And what what determines whether your house will stand after the storm or not is where it is founded upon. If it is founded upon the rock, which is hearing and doing, it will stand. If it is founded upon the sand, which is hearing and not doing, it's not going to stand. Can you see that? Give it to me in the Message Bible. Matthew chapter number 7, verse 24. I'll read and pass the travel of close. Matthew chapter number 7, verse 24. The words... I speak, which is the word of God. Amen? Can you all agree? Jesus speaking. The words I speak unto you are not incidental additions to your life. <laughs> you know, you just kind of throw in a word every now and again when you need it. No, that's not the word of God. They are not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. The words I speak unto you, they are not... Homeowner improvements, you know when you just fix a little something, something in your house? No, the words I'm speaking to you are the foundation you should build your house on. That's what Jesus is saying. They are foundational words. Words to build a life on. You can build your life based off of God's word. Only. Amen. If you work these words into your life. That's the challenge, ladies and gentlemen. Working the word of God into our lives. And just doing it, whether it feels like it or not. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Next verse. Rain poured down and the river flooded. A tornado hit, but nothing moved that house it was fixed to the rock. Next verse. But if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a stupid carpenter. It's not me, it's the Bible. You're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. Next verse. When a storm rolled in, and the waves came, it collapsed like a house of cards. And if you don't know what that is, when you get home, get your pack of uh, cards and build a house and just blow on it. And see what happens. That's how quick your life is destroyed if it is not built on God's word. When, not if, when the storm comes. Uh, if you go on to Forbes, they say between 2008 and 2009, there were 10,000 suicidal deaths recorded, which were linked to the financial meltdown of 2008 to 2010. 10,000 folk killed themselves because they could not live a life that was founded on God's word. Their life was probably based off of the things of the world that they had accumulated over the period of time. I'm not against things. God wants you to have things. That's what faith is for. Faith is the substance of what? Things. Hope for the evidence of what? 
things. He said things in two times in one verse. God does not mind you having things, but he minds things having you. Amen. And I have to quit because I'm out of time. Why don't you stand on your feet? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I say thank you, Jesus. Let's open your mouth and begin to thank God. Let's begin to thank Him. Let's begin to thank Him. Yes, thank Him for the words. Thank Him for His words. For He says that He that hears my word and do it, do it. He is like He that built this house and the hope. Thank God for His words. Yes, for God has esteemed His words. Yes, God has esteemed His words more than His own names. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Isaiah chapter number 26, it says that, For we have a strong city. God who appoints salvation for wars, open the gates that the righteous nations which keep the truth may enter therein. For God will keep him in perfect peace, yes, whose mind is stayed upon thee. Yes, Someone say, my mind is stayed upon the Lord. My mind is stayed upon the Lord. My mind is stayed upon the Lord. Therefore I know that God, Therefore, I know that God will keep me, will keep me in, perfect peace. in perfect peace. In perfect peace. In perfect peace. In perfect peace. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, you keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed upon thee. Psalm chapter number 40 from verse 5, it says that, Many, O Lord, are your wonderful works, which you have done, and your thoughts towards me, they cannot be recounted to you in order. For if I declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Many, O oh Lord, are your wonderful works. Many, O oh Lord, are your wonderful works. Many, O oh Lord, are your wonderful works. For if I think of your goodness, the psalmist saying that I cannot recount them to you because they cannot be numbered. Why? Because he says that you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Therefore, the wonderful works are for those whose minds are focused on him. Many, O oh Lord, are your wonderful works. Father, we thank you this morning. Just begin to thank you, Father. We say thank you. Just begin to thank you. Say, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for your words, Father. Yes, Father, we thank you for everything. We thank you for your wonderful words. We thank you for your wonderful thoughts. Yes, for we know the thoughts that you have for us. We, we know the thoughts that you have for us. So we thank you because we know what you think of us. Oh, begin to thank you. Begin to thank you. Begin to thank you. Yes, begin to declare this morning. Declare this morning. Lift up your head and say, Father, I thank you for my life. Father, I thank you for my career. Father, I thank you 
for my children, and I thank you for my business because I know that you have good thoughts towards me. Because I know that you are planning wonderful works towards me. As I glorify your name, I open my mouth just to say thank you, Jesus. I say thank you, Lord. Yes. That should be your life that you wake up in the morning. As you walk into the shower, you just say thank you, Jesus. For your message, I knew every morning. So thank you, Lord. Yes, for the blood of Christ, please. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You jump into your car. You start the energy. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody cut you off. You say thank you, Lord. You walk into the office, you say thank you God for this opportunity. And thank you for heart. That's what you need in your life. You come back from work, you thank you Lord. Before you have your supper, thank you Jesus. And thank you for heart. Thank you Jesus this morning. Oh, thank you Jesus. I just want to pull you to Psalm 73 from uh, verse 15. For those that have, they have never had the opportunity to give their life unto God. He says, Live not on thy own understanding. And he says, Cast your cares upon me, for he cares for you. Cast your cares upon God. Psalm, 50, Psalm 73 verse 15 he says that this is the psalm, of, the psalm of Asaph if I say it I will speak thus behold I will have been untrue to the generation of your children for when I thought of how to understand it it was too painful for me for when I thought of how to understand this it was too painful for me for when you thought of how to understand it in your own understanding, it was too painful for you. Yes, for when you were stressed about not securing a job and you thought of how to understand it, it was too painful for you. When you laid in hospital and you were sick and you thought of how to understand it, it was too painful for you. When you, were, when you were looking for a financial breakthrough and it didn't come through and you tried to think of how to understand this, it was too painful for you. <coughs> yes, when you were starting that business and things were not going well, it was too painful for you to understand. But verse 17 says, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. This morning, I just want to give you an opportunity to come into the sanctuary of God. This is an opportunity for you to come into the sanctuary of God. That tomorrow you can declare that it was too painful for me to live this life until I went into the sanctuary of God. Yes, I was broke until I went into the sanctuary of God. I was sick until I went into the sanctuary of God. I was troubled by family until I went into the sanctuary of God. 
I traveled with my in-laws until I went into the sanctuary of God. I could not give birth until I went into the sanctuary of God. I could not get a financial breakthrough until I went into the sanctuary of God. With every eyes closed, this is an opportunity for you to come into the sanctuary of God. I know that we are, we are streaming live. So whoever is watching, this is an opportunity for you to come into the sanctuary of God. For the Bible says that until I went into the sanctuary of God, and then I understood all things. Yes, Father, we thank you for your sanctuary. Yes, we thank you for your sanctuary, Holy God. We thank you for your sanctuary. For scripture says that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadows of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. For he shall surely deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the pestilence. He shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings I shall take refuge. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. I shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrows that fly by the day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lay west at noon. Why? Because I've entered into the sanctuary of God. Thank you, Lord, for your sanctuary. He that abides under the wings of the Almighty. Thank you, Lord, for your sanctuary. Just lift up your hands. Father, we thank you this morning for your words. And Father, this morning we declare that we shall not be like a foolish carpenter who builds his house consent. We shall not hear the word and then walk out and continue to live in our life as though we never heard of the word. But Father, this morning we declare that we shall hear the word and we shall go out and we shall incorporate the word into our lives and be like the wise company that builds his life upon a rock. Father, we thank you for your word for it brings illumination, it brings understanding into our lives. We glorify your holy name, Jesus. We magnify your holy name, Father. And everybody say it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we encourage you to join us in our faith cafe. We have got nice uh, chocolate and cappuccinos and chocochinos and everything else that ends with the chinos. And bachelor chinos and spinster chinos, everything there. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 For we walk by faith, not by sight. Thank you, we love you.